Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, of course. But if you are one, it's definitely the place for you, especially today, because we're saluting five funny ladies of film. And our special guest is the one and only Nancy Lombardo, host of Comedy Concepts, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Now, Nancy isn't here right now, but we're expecting her, her to call in any time, and I, I just want to give her a big build-up because she deserves it. She appears frequently on Saturday Night Live and has released a very funny CD titled Color Me Crazy, and you're crazy if you don't order it because it's hilarious. She also performs her stand-up comedy act at numerous venues and is the host and creator of Mamadi part of the International Mamapalooza Festival held every May in New York City. So I'll bet Nancy's working on that right now. She's been featured as a writer and performer on radio, network, and cable TV, including Comedy Tonight, Nickelodeon, and the Comedy Channel. And as the leading member of the award-winning comedy troupe The First Amendment, Nancy performed with such stars as Robin Williams and Bruce Willis. She also served as a comedy consultant to John Leguizamo's off-Broadway hit Mambo Mouth and wrote additional material for his HBO special, The Talent Pool. Well, it's no surprise that Nancy was named a winner of the Toyota Comedy Festival's Laughter in Motion Award and received a Cable Arts Insight Comedy Award. So I'm so glad that Nancy has agreed to be on the show today, and um, I, I do hope that she didn't get tied up in, in traffic and that she will be here. But, but I know who is here, as usual, our producer extraordinaire, Nikki Starr. And uh, Nikki, is uh, everything uh, ready to go in the chat room? It is, it is. Unfortunately, I don't have, like, all the awards that Nancy does have, but... I do love women in comedy, so mm-hmm. we'll have a good show. Yes, you you can be very, very funny when you want to. Isn't that correct? Yes, if I put my mind to it, I can. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that when we talked uh, before the show, uh, you mentioned that you are uh, quite an avid Tina Fey fan. What? Why are you? Why do you? Uh, why are you a fan of Tina's? Well, she made comedy intellectual for me for women, like if that makes sense. Um, before, like I love Lucy Ball, don't get me wrong, but she was more physical comedy. And then when Tina Fey came on Saturday Night Live and we got to know her through 30 Rock, I mean, she's so intellectually comedic, it's crazy. Like you really have to be smart to get her comedy. And I love it. Oh, I, I agree. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I I just think that her uh, sense of humor comes through loud and clear. And I know it's been mostly on television, but I've just loved her in films like Date Night, Baby Mama. Love it. it. Yeah, and and Mean Girls. And then I don't know whether you saw her in in this latest Muppets movie, but you should rush out and see it because I think this is her best film film performance. She's just absolutely terrific, and I didn't realize that she had all these uh, all of these awards. She won the 2010 Teen Choice Award for Best Comedy Movie Actress in Date Night because the kids know who's funny. Yeah, because (laughs) she was so Mm -hmm. great. And she won the People's Choice Award in 2009 as Favorite Funny Female Star. And this is the one that I just think is, is glorious. She became the youngest recipient of the Mark Twain Prize for American Humor, which is given oh, annually awesome. by the yeah by the Kennedy Center for P- Performing Arts. So 
this, uh, uh, you know, and 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 her her age, she's she's got a, a long time to make us laugh, and um, I'm just uh, so so pleased that I believe I see comedy concepts oh. in okay. the chat room, and that is the one and only Nancy Lombardo. So so um, so Nancy, please call in because your right. ears are just going to keep I burning. I don't see her on the line. So. No, I don't see her see her on the line either, but I think she will. She will call in in, in just uh, just a few minutes. Like, I mean, I love I'm, her, but I've obviously never worked with her, so that's why we need Nancy. <laughs> yeah, but but mm-hmm. she uh, the thing about uh, Tina is that she's uh, it's not just her uh, her ability as a performer. She also is a is a great writer, and I think she was the the uh, the first female staff writer for the uh for Saturday night live that is correct and uh, yes. yeah and i think we do have a comedy concepts here okay <laughs> now, i think we do have i think i'm going to uh, check and see if Hi. this is her hello is this Thank the you. famous uh nancy lombardo <laughs> actually i think marilyn miller was the first oh. woman writer Really? Okay, uh, you're right. But she was, uh, but uh, Marilyn Miller, that would be back in the, I, I think that's her name, Marilyn Miller. I'd have to look it up, but I met her once. And uh, that would be in the Gilda Radner days. And then, uh, but I do think she was the first head writer woman. Yes, you're right. She had, she had right. a because the right head writer. But yeah. not, I think, I think Marilyn Miller, who also, is, I, I hope that's her name, but she also wrote for the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yes, she did. That's right. So, uh, well, you, so <laughs> not to correct anyone, yeah. but I think that's correct. <laughs> I, I'm glad that you that you uh, straightened us out on that, and and uh, <laughs> I I bow to your authority on that because you've worked with Tina, and I I have to tell you, Nancy, that's that sketch that that you were in. When you sat right, I think you sat right next to oh, the to, the Oprah sketch, uh, Oprah, the Oprah giveaway. <laughs> Yeah, oh I my have to God. say that that's pretty. It was just a. It's a <laughs> I don't think it was any casting thing. They just happened to put me there. I don't know. Uh, I, some of the writers I think who were writing for the show at the time also, uh, I had worked with on another show. I think one of the writers at the time that was writing for it was Tishon Shannon, and I had written uh, for the uh, the TV show House of Duggan with John Leguizamo. And sometimes they would know me, so you know that helped us in the the casting. Not that I had lines, anybody, but I I always got featured. There was another one, well, Betty, that I did that. <laughs> you I can see. Out. I mean, you can you just pop out at us. You just pop out at us. And well, there's I, a I just scene love it. if you can find it. I don't think it. I tried to find it online, but I can't. But there's a Is scene it on that I was actually. I don't know. There's a scene that I was actually in that has a nice story behind it because I think it was, was it the first time I was on SNL? Might have been the first time. I'm not sure. But the scene was with, um, oh, what's her name? Mia Varda? How do you say her name? Mia, the, my big fat Greek wedding? Yeah. Mia Varda. Oh, Randolph. Randolph. No, 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 not Randall. Mia, the Randolph. Greek woman. What? Say that again. Anyway, you know who I'm talking about, my big fat Greek wedding. And they were doing, it's in the opening monologue, and they were doing a sketch about um, Tina Fey being Greek as well. And all of Tina Fey's relatives show up. Well, I played (laughs) one of the Greek aunts in that, and you can see me in that as a a Greek aunt. But the story behind that was, because I, and this is my personal feeling, because I think Tina Fey is brilliant, and Mean Girls, I love Mean Girls. And uh, the, the story behind that is, you know how hard it is for actors to get work, and then even if you get the work and you're doing background, and it's, even if it's featured background, the chances of you being seen are minimal to none. So you're here, you're working, you're rehearsing all day. So now it comes down to it, and the director says, I think we need to cut some people. Now, you know everybody's heart now just goes thump on the floor as an actor. No, I've been rehearsing all day. I told everybody I was going to be on, you know, that kind of thing. 
And I think because Tina Fey came from, you know, a, a home roots kind of acting improv background, she really knew the feeling, that feeling. And so when they said, we need to cut anybody, she went and had a conference, and she says, no, we're not going to do that. Everybody stays in. Great. So I thought that was a great kind of like Cagney-esque thing to do. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Cagney used to run overtime on his film so the extras would make that extra $3 for the day. Oh, come on, let's mess up. So he would mess up his scenes so the extras would get, you know, a little extra money. So I well, thought that was fell. very, yeah, very nice. And I also think she, because not like this year, but she, of anybody, wrote sketches that included a lot of people and it gave a lot of people work. She sure, yeah, she sure does do that, and she uh, she sort of uh, her comedy where she's concerned it's, it's kind of self-deprecating sometimes, which is very very funny. And I don't think she really knows what a genius, what a comedy genius she is. And that's part of her charm too. But it, so in real life, then she seems to be concerned about her her coworkers and um what are what are the other things that impress you well, uh, with well, her well I, 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 I that impressed me with her just because as as the actor i've been cut like i've been on, been cut from Saturday Night Live almost as much as I've been on it. You can be there the whole day and your scene gets cut. You can rehearse for two days and your scene gets cut. You can tape the first show because they tape one and, and uh, two in one night, and that scene gets cut. We actually, it's kind of a funny story. We wait. The, the holding area is, was the old Jimmy Fallon set, and so that yeah. would be our holding area. We'd be sitting in the chairs and waiting, and holding's where the actors wait. And I used to call it the graveyard because it would be props. And when you saw your set wheeled in, <laughs> you knew your scene was cut. Oh, <laughs> oh the graveyard. Uh-oh, here come the tombstones. <laughs> so you knew it. But I think that uh, she's, she's a very generous writer. And you could see by the amount of people that she used on 30 Rock, a lot of talented people. And she likes to work with comedians. And she has an extensive uh, improv comedy background as well. I don't know if you know that. No, I didn't. Yeah, that was mm. part of her background, was doing improv, um, was it Chicago? I'm thinking Chicago. Uh, but extensive. That's, I believe, where she met her husband because he was the pianist for that. And mm -hmm. uh, she's had a, a very interesting life. And um, uh, what is it, Miss Bossy Pants? Her book is very good if anyone wants to really learn about her early uh, childhood. And, and the, I don't want to bring up the tragedy that happened uh, when she was young, but it's, it's something she you can, it's visible today, but she wears it well. So it's, it's just, uh, if you read the book, it'll tell you. Um, but she's, I think, one of the most generous writers in that writing numerous parts for people. It always seems like they, when she was writing the show, there were a lot more people on it. <laughs> and I mean background well, workers like me. <laughs> Well, good for her, and that, that's probably why she she has so many people that uh, that support her, and uh, she's just been such an amazing uh, success. Is there is there anything else? I know that you're you're really uh, busy today because you're you're off to see a, a film festival. I'm terribly jealous about that. But, but, that's the uh, Friars <laughs> Film Festival. The Friars Film Festival starts tonight. Yay. So uh, going to see. I don't know if you've seen it yet. I don't think it's been released. Gravy. No. Okay, yeah, maybe it hasn't been released yet. So we'll get some early uh, film things in there. That I, Actually, I'll tell you some of the films. If you're interested, Gravy, uh, The Best of London Comedy Festival, The Actress, Season 3, uh, Borgman, When Jews Were Funny, Bad Johnson, Watching and Bitching, Friday Night Shorts, Secret Screening, Doomsday Committed, Friday Night Party, okay, and then Short Blocks and oh OJ the Musical. So it's a lot of films well, this week. So. A musical, good. I'm glad. I'm glad a musical got in there, as you well, as you well know. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I, I, I like that. But Tina Fey definitely, I think, uh, really changed everything. It, it, things started changing because, as the head writer, and when you, if you read her book as well, I think it's Miss Bossy Pants, that you'll learn that what she went through there because. She would have to be up at Lauren Michaels would want to go over something at three in the morning, four in the morning. She was like working, working, working. And um, do you know the story between uh, about Sarah Palin? I don't know no. if you know this or not. When she realized she looked like uh, Sarah Palin is when her daughter saw her on TV and goes, "Mommy." <laughs> 
<laughs> our daughter noticed. Yeah, our daughter noticed it. Well, that's the rumor, so they say that her daughter noticed it. Oh, my Mommy. gosh. Well, she was great in that in that role. I mean, that yeah, was She's really that was great just when uncanny. you think about it, Betty, because she's not your standard character actress. She really is pretty much playing herself heightened, I guess you would say, or enhanced, but she pretty much plays herself in everything, much like you might think Katherine Hepburn did. That's where true. she would have her comedy moments and her and her quiet moments. Yes. And also if well, you notice I'm sorry to interrupt you, Isaac. But if you notice no, when you watch okay. her watch her acting again, when you're watching her doing her acting, it's it, to me it's it's reminiscent of the old school, like uh Cary Grant. And that is she always looks to, and this is an old stage thing, by the way, that she does. It's a stage actors know this too. Is it's called never move on somebody else's line on stage. You don't cross when they're talking. And she really watch when you watch her movie again, she really focuses on whoever she's performing with. She stops moving. Notice that. Watch something else. But she will stop her movement while the other person does their lines to give them full focus. Oh, oh wow. Well, you know, she um, she was uh, very dramatic in um, a movie called Admission. Yes, and, I saw uh, that. And that was great. Lily Tomlin as her mother. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> what a pair! <laughs> definitely, definitely. What a what a pair! But uh, but yes, that what a um, that's very perceptive. And in Mean too. Girls, as the teacher. Yes. She had that teacher down. She just had that down. But I do think she's been a very important influence. And also, she's attractive, which oh, yes. is, to me, the ultimate in funny. Because as Phyllis Diller knew, that what she said about her outfit, why she wore boots, the, the bright shirt, the crazy hair, and put on red makeup and gloves, was because she says, I'm hiding behind being a clown. Yes. Where Tina Fey puts herself on the line and it's very, for a comedian to internalize so much, it's just terrific. Absolutely. Uh, really, uh, she's, she's kind of got it all. And uh, she, she can do the, the drama, but uh, her strength, I think, is in the, in the comedy. And uh, I, I, I just uh, hope that she makes more uh, movies. Uh, I, I love, love seeing her on TV, but, but I'm, I'm glad that she's doing movies and writing them and uh, uh, starring in them and putting some of her friends in them. Like uh, she and Amy Poehler were just fantastic together in Baby Mama. Oh yeah, <laughs> I really, really well, I love think, that. I think they that they did perform together, and then the uh, her other friend. Oh gosh, oh, no, I'm so upset. I, well, the other actress she worked with all the time, uh, not Amy Poehler, the other one. She always plays the Russian. Uh, the other actress was on SNL. She she looks like me a little bit. She always plays like the Russian cleaning woman on uh, Thirty oh. Rock, and I can't think of her name. She's a friend of hers too. And she's and she in a lot uses, of her movies. You see her pop up. and So that's what I'm saying. She does use the people she knows, which is so nice and refreshing in the showbiz age. And that she's so generous to so many actors who are the fringe actors or who survive on background work. So it's always right. nice when you go, oh, that's a nice person. <laughs> well, and she is the um, – now I know that she could do a musical because in Muppets Most Wanted – she belted out one, this song, The Big House. She's this Russian uh, guard in a prison in uh, a Russian gulag, and she's, she's showing uh, Kermit, well, Kermit, look, uh, Kermit Lookalike, through the prison. She's giving him a tour of the prison that he's going to be in, and she's and singing this. And the song is this, called The Big House? Yeah, called The Big House, The Big House. That's not from the and movie Hairspray, is it? No, it's not. This is this is an original. This is definitely okay. an original original song uh, by Brett McKenzie, and she does that song. She kind of reminded me a little bit of of Madeline Kahn. You know the way Madeline Kahn could put the music and the comedy together. So now my uh, wish is to see Tina Fey in a musical. So um, my my challenge now is to try to find a, a property for her that would be worthy of her. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe <laughs> a book. 
in a musical. Well, well, Nancy, I know, I mean, you're so generous with your time, and I, I know that you want to get to your film festival, but tell everybody about um, your uh, comedy concept show, because you know I always, when I, when I uh, talk about it, I always give the wrong time. So tell listeners where they can, uh, okay. can hear you. I, yes. I tripped over yours for a year, so... <laughs> Getting it right. It's okay. Usually, I'm if I'm not working, it's uh, Mondays and Fridays at 10:30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And my CD is available. Color me crazy on CD, baby. You can get that there if you want more bizarre Mother's Day gifts to give. That's the one to do. <laughs> Absolutely. I that that just. I mean, I I just can barely stand it thinking about it. It's so funny. I have to start chuckling and uh, every once in a while my husband will say what are you laughing at because I'm just sitting there you know kind of not doing anything and all of a sudden I'm breaking out laughing and I'm thinking about color me crazy and blame it on your mother and all the things that you do (laughs) like that that. (laughs) yeah and you're you're just uh, so great to support our show Uh, such a loyal listener we really really appreciate it and um I just uh, want want you to know that I I think you you are uh, uh, among my top funny ladies of film because you're always in films where you're at a funeral and you make a good mourner, right? <laughs> I do, yes. I've been in so many films and TV shows at funerals. I've got that down. <laughs> you have that. It is pretty funny that. when you think about it, how many I've done at a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, But one day... I think, and you can sing, and you can put comedy together, so you're like Madeline Kahn, too. So here's the plan. Nancy Lombardo <laughs> and Tina Fey in a musical together. <laughs> okay. Let for me the know. first time. <laughs> she, um, <laughs> a musical, by the way, I that, mean. that music background, again, uh, Betty, goes back to her improv. In, in Is that improvisation, right? yes, because in... I know for me, and uh, I, I do sing, and people always assume I'm a singer, but I'm not. I'm just a comedian that can sing, uh, much like Robert Preston, uh, but a comedian that can sing. And uh, in improv, when you're doing improvisational comedy, part of the shows were improvising music. And well, so yes, that's yes. where you would have to know every style of music and be able to do it and go into it without even thinking about it. So every style, you would just, anybody can call out any style, and I can improvise a song to it. Well, it always sounds great to me, I, and I love that kind of comedy. So thank you for doing those uh, CDs and for for doing those uh, stand-ups where you, where, you, you, where you use songs kind of to get your audience involved. And uh, I, I just really appreciate your, your humor. And um, <laughs> thank, thank you. you so much for, for being with us. I did, uh, I did say that you could leave after 15 minutes, and we just – had to have you longer, so I hope you'll, you'll forgive us for that. <laughs> no problem. I'm all ready to go, so it's not a problem. All right, Betty Joe, well, I love Movie Attic Headquarters. Well, and we love you. Thanks, thanks, Nancy, and have a great time at the film festival. All right, I'll try and post some photos for you. <laughs> great. Do that. <laughs> okay. Bye, Betty. Thanks, Nancy. Bye-bye. Oh, my gosh. Nancy is the best. Be sure to check out her comedy concept show, uh, as she said, on, if she's not working, and she works a lot, on Friday and Monday mornings at 1030 Eastern Time. Now, in addition to Tina Fey today, we'll be saluting Debbie Reynolds, Cloris Leachman, Madeline Kahn and Gilda Radner, and you'll be hearing a bit of Cloris Leachman's comedy ambush when she took over our show a couple of years ago, as well as a clip of Debbie Reynolds sharing some amusing comments about about men in her life during our interview with her. And thanks to George Bettinger of the Mom and Pop Shop show on Dreamstream Radio, you'll hear his terrific interview with the late, great Madeline Kahn. Plus, We never want to forget the very funny Gilda Radner, so we'll be playing her famous tap audition. We should have a lot of fun, folks, but before going on, let's check with Nikki Starr to see if if everything is still going strong in the the chat room. Nikki, um, any comments that you'd like to make or any uh, questions uh, or reactions 
from the chatters that you'd like to think, uh, report? Let's see. Jane Bernard is there, and um, we're just excited to hit, listen to everything. It's Survivor and Show. We love the topic. Yeah, it's good. Great. And I, I'm so glad to see Think Differently, Get Satisfaction in the chat room. Correct. That just happens to be another one of our loyal listeners, Jane Bernard. So hi, Jane. We're so glad hi, that, you're, that you're with us. We also we appreciate everybody who signs up for the chat as well as our other listeners, of course. And we also appreciate the fascinating comedy actress, actresses who have been our guests here on Movie Attic Headquarters. For example... Debbie Reynolds, star of Singing in the Rain, and the unsinkable Molly Brown, who's still unsinkable and just as funny as ever. You know, during our tribute to Debbie, her batter kept us all in stitches, and um, you'll, you'll tell, you can tell in this first clip where Jazz Shaw, James Colt Harrison, and Jordan Wellen and I ask her a variety of questions. We were so thankful to get a visit in person by Debbie Reynolds. And this clip, I think you'll all enjoy. It starts out with, uh, I believe Jazz is asking Debbie what she thought about Shirley MacLaine's performance in Postcards from the Edge. And the reason that question came up is because Postcards from the Edge is uh, from a book written by Debbie's daughter, Carrie Fisher. Debbie also talks about how talented her daughter is and about the men in her life. So here's here's a little peek at the show where we paid tribute to the great Debbie Reynolds. What was your reaction to Shirley MacLaine's performance in Postcards from the Edge? I thought it was great. I wanted the part. I know. <laughs> and you should have gotten it. Well, I mean... Carrie, uh, uh, Carrie wrote wrote this part supposedly about me, which it wasn't, but, you know, everybody thought it was. So I said, look, everybody's going to think it is me. I might as well play it. But Mike Nichols says, uh, no, he wanted Shirley, so Shirley got to do it. She was wonderful. I thought she was great. Uh, it wasn't, it really isn't me, uh, you know. Luckily, I, I don't have that disease as far as alcoholism, I'm delighted because then I can have a drink once in a while. <laughs> if, you, if you have a disease, you can't. So I, I'm fortunate that I don't have that problem. But I thought it was a very funny picture, and I thought it, Carrie did a great job, wrote it. She's a great writer, Carrie. And like oh, I yes. said, she's opening next week on Broadway. So it's called yeah. uh, Wishful Drinking, which is pretty funny. And I'm praying that it'll be a big hit. Well, there you well, go, she's... You can open the bar when we all come to California. Okay. Well, all right, okay. I'm coming to La Jolla. We're going to have drinks on the beach. Yeah, we'll, we'll have them on the beach. Thank we'll get you. arrested because they don't allow it. But Oh, well, then we'll, then we'll just sip wine around your patio. Yeah. Yes, well, Carrie was, we'll Carrie was hilarious in uh, 30 Rock, too. That was oh. funny. Oh, Carrie on Pretty Rock, she got an Emmy. Yeah, she's hilarious. Emmy nomination. Well, she is a very talented girl. She takes after her mother. (laughs) (laughs) And and maybe she can take care of her of her mother when her mother gets tired of all of all this work that she's doing. Well, that's tomorrow, so she better get work fast. Oh, golly. I wonder, I know you said we could ask you uh, anything. I, I kind of sure. hesitate to, to ask this, but I have heard yeah. you talk about this before uh, to a room full of 700 people, so I thought that sure. I would would dare to ask because I, I just think you have the most uh, humorous and healthy attitude about um, the the men, the former men in your life. <laughs> Now, well, let's, let's, let's not get R-rated here. <laughs> no, we won't get, not with Debbie. We won't get R-rated well, with Debbie. Well, no, unfortunately, I think a lot of actresses have that problem. You know, the, they, you know, the men can't take the women that are kind of famous and more than they, and it's really difficult for them. And so it winds up to be unsuccessful mergers. And also, when they leave, they take all the money, which is sort of depressing. <laughs> That's the, and oh you've you've just 
in spite of uh, of that, you have managed to uh, soldier on and then um, make uh, some of the some of these many examples in your wonderful shows. <laughs> because I remember. Oh yes, I I uh, all in stitches. <laughs> yes, I I I tease them a great deal, and I call them all kinds of names, and um, I you know. The word schmuck comes into mind, uh, but you can't say that on television or radio. But I do not have good taste in men, and so I just leave it alone now. I don't even go out. You know, I don't date. I don't do But I have a lot of great male friends, and my brother's wonderful. My son is wonderful. I love men. It's just that I seem to have an allergy to attracting men that want to take all my money. So I've decided... <laughs> I just can't afford it anymore. It's like a, a sale, a sale at Macy's. I can't have it. <laughs> what a fun show that was, folks. Debbie was so candid and so delightful and so humorous. And if you missed the uh, the whole uh, show, please check out the archived uh, segment, and, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. And speaking of fun, Cloris Leachman so hilarious in such films as High Anxiety and Young Frankenstein, had everyone in stitches during our interview with her about the autobiography she had just released. It was really a comedy ambush. She even brought along her own sound effects. Uh, Now, just listen as I try desperately to hold things together. I'm just so impressed with the way you did Cloris, include all aspects of your life. You, you talked about your career, your family, your friends, and your honest you feelings. <laughs> right, and your honest feelings about about everything that's uh, happened to you. But my favorite books, I part of the book was, and I, I have to admit this, were those behind-the-scenes showbiz anecdotes <laughs> that you share with with readers. I I am still chuckling over the the actor studio uh, stories about Marlon Brando, <laughs> you know, about the chicken and your imitation of a lizard. <laughs> Would you, which one of those was your favorite? And, and could you tell our listeners a, a little bit about uh, uh, Marlon which Brando story? and the actor studio? Well, yeah, one of the stories, right, about the chicken or your imitation of, the li- of a lizard. No, I like the one where <laughs> uh, we had to use objects or, or we had to do things without something for instance uh, uh, one person got up and um, he was going to show us how you peel a banana without the banana <coughs> so right I remember that one too so he put his right his left hand up and he started peeling very 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 carefully very carefully down, down, and then his other, took another little piece on the top and started pulling it down, down, <laughs> down, and he started with the next, and he said, oh my God, oh my God, I can smell it. He thought the scent was he was doing such a magnificent job that he could smell it. I was sitting in the second row eating a banana. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, that's a great. That's, that is a great story. And and if if I remember correctly, you had some mixed feelings about uh, your uh, experience with the actor's studio. Is that no, right? No, that isn't true. No, 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 no. I okay. loved it beyond words. You can't imagine how much. It meant to me what a extraordinary part of my life it was, and I credit it almost entirely with making me better than I could have been. And, oh, Anna brought me my most wonderful homemade soup. Oh, what is it, potato, celery, leeks. Oh, yum, mm, yum. Mm. Mm. I can smell it. I wonder if my husband's eating soup in the next room. <laughs> I, think he would I know she's making me hungry. So. Well, if I eat something, would it sound like... <laughs> oh, 
Cloris, mm. you you kind of had a reputation of being Peck's bad girl there for a while, didn't you? Well, I think I still do. I agree with Cloris. She's still Peck's bad girl and quite wonderful, too. Wonderful also applies to Madeline Kahn, one of my all-time favorite funny ladies of film. Her comic work in movies like Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, High Anxiety, and What's Up Doc will never be surpassed, in my opinion. Thanks to George Bettinger of the Mom and Pop Shop Show for giving us permission to play the following 10-minute interview he had with Madeline before she passed away. Now, there's a little technical problem at the beginning of the interview, but I'm sure you'll enjoy hearing this lovely conversation between Madeline and George. Four five. I just want to see how clear we are. Uh, give me a little sound check, Madeline. Um, yeah, well, you'll have to remind me what it is we were talking about. Down from five. Right. So you're going to ask me a question, right? Absolutely. Yes, good. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Joe Franklin's Memory Lane. This is George Bettinger, your field segment reporter, with a very special guest this evening, Madeline Kahn. Madeline, hi. Hey, good evening. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. It's so great to have you here. Won't you sit down? I certainly will. (laughs) I have to tell you, I've been such a fan of yours um, over the years, and uh, the Mel Brooks pictures and and all the things that you've done, you've got to tell our audience a little bit about how you got, as Joe Franklin might say, (laughs) how did you uh, get bitten or smitten, my dear, by the theatrical bug? Oh, um, how did I get... Gee, I guess, you know, I always was... um, uh, I always liked uh, fantasy, mm-hmm. you know, as a child. Yes. Um, uh, actually, it, actually, it all started with music. Now that I now that I think of it. Well, that's interesting. Yes, it is interesting. I think the first thing that turned me on, as they say, yes. um, was a record of classical ballet music, mm-hmm. and um, it's actually the Dance of the Hours, which we think of as the music behind Fantasia. Yes. Okay, but really what it is is the dance of the hours. Um, um, and did you hear that as a, as a little I had girl? a record. Uh-huh. I had a record. Oh, my family had a record. Yeah. You know, and I, this is pre-speech. I mean, I was no young kidding. enough that I wasn't really speaking yet, maybe a word here or there, and I would just take the record and play it constantly and just go nuts, you know. <laughs> so when you were a little girl, you danced to... I, I, I don't, I probably danced, but I don't remember the dancing as much as, you know, the dance of the hours, it, it, it's all about dawn and how first it's very, very, the music, um, um, the music uh, kind of pictures, if you will, um, yes. the happening where first it's very, very quiet, which is the end of the nighttime, yes. and then the sun starts coming up, and then you have that burst of music. Exactly. You know, and as a kid, uh, the drama of that, I just, my mind would just go wild. It inspired it you. It did something to my mind, and um, and it just, I, I, all I can tell you is I just wanted to sort of be so the music, in a way. Yeah. So that's and your that's your that, earliest recollection. Yes, it is my earliest recollection because it would have been um, because I just would run around saying Beckett, Beckett, meaning you know record, record. <laughs> and oh, so because great. it would have been long after that that I would have seen you know a movie of a Walt Disney movie of by actually going to a movie theater, um, and that of course you know just and we didn't have TV no. when I was little. Those were the days of radio. Uh, I guess they were. I mean, some people had them, but not. They weren't common. You know, it's so funny. It's so amazing that, uh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, my guest is Madeline Kahn, and I'm so happy to have her on Memory Lane. And I was discussing with Joe Franklin the the birth of TV. I said, Joe, you know, you really started about 1951, and that was kind of like the birth of television. And now there's the birth of CD. It's amazing. You've crossed Uh He's crossed over. He's now, we have an Internet page that's just amazing amazing on trivia and nostalgia mm-hmm. and it's just fascinating and ladies and gentlemen when I had the good fortune to meet Miss Khan we got into a little conversation about a great legend in show business named Eddie Cantor and tell us that story Madeline what happened well, I, I thought that was so great I don't know how we started the conversation I mean what the point of it was but, yes. um, 
uh, I was, I do remember making, so stop me if I'm on the wrong track, but I do remember making the observation that um, I was, uh, they were doing one of these marvelous uh, galas at Carnegie yes. Hall where mm -hmm. they were celebrating Irving Berlin. Yes, you're on the right track. Good, excellent, excellent. <laughs> um, and I was asked to be a part of it, and I was asked to sing a specific. First, I thought, oh, great, Irving Berlin. I mean, he he wrote some of the most, you know, Wonderful. major tunes, yes. right? Anthems and marching. I mean, you know, heartfelt uh, marching things. God bless America. Yeah, it's, considered, God. it's considered the second national anthem. Really, yeah. I know. So I was uh, thinking I'd be singing a nugget, as they say, one of those marvelous nuggets. Right. But they had something very specific in mind for me, and that was a song called You'd Be Surprised, which I had never heard, and they sent over a tape of it for me to hear, and it was uh, a rendition, uh, it was Eddie Cantor, um, yes. an old recording um, of him singing You'd Be Surprised, and... Um, you know, at first I thought, well, I guess this is cute, but it's so silly. Why do I always have to sing the silly song? <laughs> Why do I have to be the one in Carnegie Hall when we're all dressed in formal attire uh -huh. and people are coming out and singing these rousing, uh, <laughs> dramatic nuggets? Yes. Why do I have to be the idiot who comes out? Oh, because you're hey, great. Well, I'm explaining. I'm explaining. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I thought, why do I have to be the one who does the silly one? And, right. You know, you'd be surprised. And it's so, you know what I mean? And, um, but I decided, because they really liked it a lot, mm -hmm. uh, and it was for um, Channel 13, PBS, right. um, that I would do it. And I insisted on, by the way, using uh, a similar arrangement to the original, which is so old and wonderful and antique sounding, yeah. rather than something new and peppy. Exactly. And that really made the difference. But what the point of it all is... That in the rather long and wonderful evening of many famous people coming out and singing things, mm -hmm. I came out and stood at the crook of the piano and sang this what I thought was ridiculous song. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and they loved it. It was like, you know, you don't get to try it out first in front of an audience when you do one of these galas. You simply go out and do it for the first time. <laughs> um, but it really... The it it really was a highlight of the of the of the show and um the audience, you know, which is a wonderful New York audience at Carnegie Hall, loved it. So I guess I you know, I learn all the time, I'm reminded of how um people really enjoy um that a kind good of combination of yeah. comedy and music. And you are so sensational at, at doing comedy and music. I have to ask you, as as a fan, what what's what are one of your favorite films that you've done over the years? Because you've made so many great movies. I well, mean, I Young Frankenstein, yeah. and, and and of course that great Barbara Streisand movie, what's which is hilarious. Up? What's up, Doc? Yeah. Oh, is that my girlfriend and I watch that till it falls off the reel? I mean, yeah. we love it. Well, I, actually, the first four feature films that I did. The first four became real classics, and those were two of them, and the other two were Blazing Saddles and um, um, Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein, what's up? And Paper Moon. That was Paper Moon. One. Yes. Yeah. So and then you know, so I was kind of spoiled. I thought, oh, they're all going to be like this, and of course they're not all like this for anyone. I mean, you know, um, they, they kind of don't necessarily stay, you know, as as excellent. But, uh, but those are films for the time capsule, Madeline. Those oh, are, yeah. Those are films that will yeah. be classics. And you know the way you and I and, and all they of our... very well, well. Oh, the way we talk about A Night at the Opera these days and, and yeah. you know, that you are in movies that will be thought of years and years from now and always be young and fresh and beautiful and hilarious. Yeah, that's right. And it is really something special. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm speaking and chatting with Madeline Kahn, my very special guest on WOR's memory lane. You know, WOR stands for World of Radio, and we certainly are the most listened to overnight radio program. And uh, what, what do you have to say about your, your friend Joe Franklin? You know Joe. Uh, well, uh, gosh, um, uh, I don't know him very well, but I've certainly seen him over the years. Yeah. Uh, oh, I used to see him, actually. Didn't he used to be on TV? Am I right? Right. Yes, that's when I saw him. Yes, when he used to be on TV. Uh -huh. Now and again. But, um, 
uh, I think it's marvelous when someone just keeps going and going and going. Well, and I'm working with someone now, as you know, Mr. Bill Cosby. Yes, you on are. On a television program, and, and he keeps going, too. Tell us a little bit about uh, working with Bill and how, and uh, about the show. Tell us a little bit about the show. Oh, gee, with J- Bill. Just, just in a nutshell. I'll, just I'll in tell a... you that it's on Monday night at 8 o'clock mm-hmm. on CBS, and um, it's, it's, it's about... Uh, um, this man who has reached this point in life, you know, uh, uh, approaching the age of 60 and the changes that, um, One goes that, that happen in an, in an amusing way because he's a highly high-spirited person. Right. And the people that are, he's surrounded by in his life. And, um, you know, I think it's a very funny show and people seem to love it a lot. I love it. I love it. It's a great show. And ladies and gentlemen, I have to thank Madeline for joining us. She's busy. She's at the California Astoria Studios where they're constantly taping. Yes. And she's taken this time to be so kind and to talk to us on Memory Lane. Madeline, thank you very much. You're most welcome. And it was such a pleasure speaking with you. And hopefully we'll do it again soon. Okay. All right? Yeah. Thanks, dear. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Now, hang on one second, Madeline. I just want to check if I Thanks again to George Bettinger for that terrific interview. Be sure to check out his mom-and-pop shop show on DreamStream Radio, which airs Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And believe me, folks, it's a very entertaining experience. In fact, I think he had an interview on um, a couple of days ago with Lily Tomlin. Um, he just has so many contacts in showbiz. In fact, I call him Mr. Showbiz. And thanks again, George, for um, letting us play that wonderful interview with uh, the late, great Madeline Kahn. Uh, well, dear listeners, we have extended the show to 60 minutes and so we still have one um, funny lady in film to pay tribute to but let's take a few minutes right now for me to share with you uh, the uh, some of the uh, the programs that we're planning uh, for the next few weeks I'm going to call in uh, Nikki Starr if she's not multitasking where we can talk about that would you like to hear what we've got scheduled for the next few weeks or what we're trying to put together? Yes, I would love it. Sorry about my dogs. They're barking, but I would love to hear it. <laughs> well, we need it. Well, if, uh-huh. if uh, Cloris Leachman can bring along sound effects, then you can too. Right. <laughs> right. Yes, sure. But anyway, well, what did you think about that interview that George had with uh, with with uh, Madeline Kahn? I absolutely loved it. I loved it. I thought that it was fantastic, and I'm so happy he let us play it because – it was just brilliant. Yeah, I loved it. We're very lucky. We definitely mm-hmm. are very lucky that we have that. And I wanted to tell everyone, um, and Nikki, this I think will please you. Next week, we um, we're we're very lucky again because we have a movie producer and writer, Mark mm-hmm. Erlbaum, who's going to tell us about. Now, uh, listen to the name of this because it's a little bit tricky. E. Flixer. That's E F L I X I R. That sounds kind of like a maybe a medicine or something. Uh-huh. But E Flixer, you're going to be hearing a lot about this because he's just started this. It's a new digital platform that combines uplifting films, and you know we love those uplifting films, mm-hmm. and Perfect. social action. So Ooh. we're going to hear about this new. Uh, eFlixer, where people can, um, I think, stream, unlift, you know, or order uplifting films. I think he's got about a thousand of them on this site. It, it only started in January of this year, and then the uh, what they what what the uh, person pays for the film, a percentage of that goes to the charities of their choice uh, or a charitable organization that Mark uh, yeah, that. has set up. And I think that is just such a wonderful idea. I love that. So that's, yep. yeah, I thought you would like that. But I think you'll like the the next week even better because uh, that's the week when a movie starring Derek Huff from Dancing <laughs> with the Stars <laughs> will be coming out. And I received an invitation from his uh, publicist about uh, the possibility of an interview about the movie. And, of course, I said, oh, my gosh, yes, (laughs) Derek (laughs) Huff. Uh, 
And I also asked for the, uh, there are two choreographers that have worked on his movie. It's called Make, Make Your Move. It's got a lot of dancing in it, of course. And uh, these are two choreographers that, have, that work with uh, So You Think You Can Dance group, um, Napoleon and Tabitha. Mm-hmm. And they go, their combined name, uh, they, they call themselves uh, Nappy Tabs, <laughs> which I think nice. is, very, is very, very cute. So those are, the, those are two things that are, uh, that are coming up. And, uh, of course, we're still, we're still uh, trying to get a, a, a lot of the people who wanted to come back on the show um, that have said that they would. It's just a scheduling. It's, it's kind sure. of a scheduling problem uh, we've been lucky uh, we've been able to get Barry Bostwick you know so many yep. times whenever he has a new m- movie coming out and of course I know that that's your favorite he is <laughs> I love him <laughs> why why is that because he's so awesome and I love Rocky Horror Picture Show and he's just so great <laughs> he really is he really is and he does love he to is. come he really does love to come and he on hosted the show. he co-hosted with you and I had no voice I mean, yeah, I know I you were you were losing your right? voice, and he just went ahead. And, yeah, he's like, oh, I <laughs> like got you. Would, okay, then. <laughs> like he'd always been with us. Well, Nikki, I'm embarrassed to do this, but oh, I couldn't. I just can't help it. I mean, the devil is going to make me do this. But um, Madeline Kahn mentioned a song that she was so disappointed that she was going to sing that she had mm-hmm. to sing this Irving Berlin song yep. that she thought was so silly. You'd be surprised, mm-hmm. and uh, I know this is not Irving Berlin's one, you know, top song, <laughs> but I have to tell, admit to everyone, uh, because I'm not a spring chicken, as you all know, <laughs> that that particular song was a song that my um, girlfriends and I used to sing to each other in high school making fun of our uh, of each other's boyfriends and now I don't sound like Madeline Kahn at all and uh I'm I'm known as you know a one note singer but I remember to this day these lyrics he's not much at a dance but when he takes you home you'd be surprised <laughs> he's not a hit in a crowd but when you get him alone you'd be surprised at a party or at a ball, you gotta admit that he's nothing at all. But in a Morris chair, you'd be surprised. <laughs> so that's why Madeline didn't want to sing it. But I'm sure she did a great job because she can put together the comedy and the and the music. All right, now you didn't give me any applause on that, Nikki. Uh, did you appreciate those lyrics? Oh, I love them. I love them. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, I think it's time to wrap things up. It's been so much fun and this is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their for picking today's episode as one of their staff picks. We really do appreciate it. And also a big shout out to Nikki for all she does to make Movie Addict Headquarters such a treat to host. And thanks to Nancy Lombardo for joining us today, and uh, to those five funny ladies of film that we've put in the spotlight. Thanks also to Richard B. Smart and Danny Dyer for their technical assistance, and to our uh, chatters, especially Jane Bernard, who is uh, has been in the uh, chat room and enjoying the uh, show, and we've enjoyed having her there. And all our other listeners, we hope everyone enjoyed the show. Well, that's all for now, folks, but we'd like to close today's show with our fifth film funny lady, who just happens to be the late, great Gilda Radner. Now, although Gilda entertained us mostly on TV, she also made us laugh in these uh, film comedies, and I've seen all of them and enjoyed her very much in all of them. First Family... That was with Bob Newhart, and this was about the uh, sort of a dysfunctional presidential family. Haunted Honeymoon, and that was with uh, uh, Gene Wilder. Uh, That was her her husband at the time. The Woman in Red and Hanky Panky. So here she is, the great Gilda Radner, to take us out with her famous 
tap audition. My, uh, my name is Gilda Radner. Uh, I've had extensive experience in children's theater, work for the Board of Education. <laughs> I, I was a theater major at uh, University of Michigan, and I've had a year of uh, tap and ballet when I was eight. <laughs> and for, um, for my audition today, I'm going to do a, a number which I choreographed myself, and I wrote the song myself. Can you help me? I really want this job. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 